0: So Rodney, do you have some sort of association with Moose Loop?
1: Uh I worked there, Boots for maybe 5 or 6 GPs last year. I haven't really been working for them much er, at all this year.
0: Okay. So could you get me a deal though? <laughs> welcome to the dead format episode 25 my name is ian McEwen, and i'm joined tonight by park and recreation fan tom smiley and we're here to talk about legacy
2: john ralphio is an american hero and if there is going to be any howling at the moon on a hymn it should be john ralphio also shout out i'm looking for an altruist to actually make this happen so so contact contact me If you have any artistic ability at all.
0: So you posted it on Twitter and I thought it was just the dude from full house, like uncle Jesse. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. And I come back and there's like 60 likes on it. So I'm like, all right, wait, something's going on here. right?" So I asked my wife, like, you know, to explain the joke to me and she just looks at it and she's like, I don't watch parks and recreation. So I I still don't get it, man. Like no one's explained it to me. All right, we got to get rid of some we got to get some housekeeping out of the, out of the way here. Get our house in order. This weekend, we actually hung out for like maybe an hour or so, I'd say, at Target buying stuff for other people.
2: That was honestly such a good time, and I brought my kid along. We met up with Pat from Leaving a Legacy and shopped for the family that we're sponsoring with the charity drive that we set up and a man we demolished target we walked out of there with three carriages a bunch of bags and we still only spent half of the money that we raised so there's going to be a pretty large donation going to
0: room to grow in boston perfect Our buddy Justin there, who's a Magic player, super cool, and I'm going to meet up with him this week because right now my car is making all sorts of noises when I go over bumps because it's so full of weight in the back. All the stuff just in my Jeep waiting to be dropped off.
2: Yeah, you are the real MVP for actually being able to make it into Boston to drop that off where I thought that I was going to be able to like just after school run it in real quick and I saw that their donation window was only open from 11 to 2. And you are the MVP for taking care of that.
0: Yeah, man. I I, uh, drive by there every day. It's not a problem.
2: You also learned something while we were shopping for the family.
0: I mean, I learned a lot of stuff. I learned kids brush their teeth. I learned that there's a a thing called a board book, which is a a book made out of large pieces of cardboard, or thick pieces of cardboard, I should say. I learned that uh, just how many... How many sizes of kids' clothes there are? It's kind of insane. uh Pat's son Liam, was a hell of a helper, man. He was picking out all sorts of stuff. uh big shout out to Pat and Liam, who I got lunch with afterwards. Great to see them. yeah,
2: yeah I yeah, wish I could have felt good man oh it it definitely did. I wish I could have went out with you, but my little one was was just about cooked after that hour of shopping,
0: yeah, for sure. I also am in like severe pain from. Uh, pulling my thumb back to try to impress your your son that that definitely hurt
2: yeah it looked like you broke your hand you're like you were competing with the kids in the look what i can do department and you you pulled your thumb off i was i was intrigued but
0: i used to i used to when i was a kid just be able to pull it out a socket and move it around but apparently when you're an adult that doesn't come easy anymore so we got an email this week from Corey Roth, the Downtown Abbey fan from our. Hey,
2: there are Discord. multiple Downtown Abbey fans.
0: There's you and Corey Roth. So yeah, the other Downtown Abbey fan from our Discord. Thank you. And his email, uh, he just wanted to thank us for answering his question, really. But he did mention that one part of his calculation, one one part of the buying into Moto calculation, that he wasn't taking into account was the stagnant player base and speaking to that specific point i just wanted to say when i was playing online last night there were 570 people in the league which is a number that i haven't seen in a long time and it really feels like this cycle of you know the prices crashed and people got in it really feels like that's that's perpetuated that's actually become reality i'm seeing a lot of new people in leagues this week i'm i don't know it it feels like uh a renaissance almost
2: i i agree and we we sort of talked about that last week but it is good to see the best case scenario come of the events which is more people being able to get into play
0: so were you able to stream this weekend
2: i wasn't i'm uh so i had everything set up for sunday i had my obs all set i had the deck loaded into mtgo and I got back from Target, and I just went to sleep. Like, <laughs> I watched a little bit of the Patriots game, and I was like, I just can't. I can't do this. I had a faculty party for work on Friday night. And, man, I'm getting old. Like, I went to get my haircut last week, and they put the sort of, uh, like, cape on you. And they went in with the clippers, and the first... The first clump that dropped was just all white, and I was like, "Man, I what is going on in my life right now?" So I I didn't end up streaming. I need to, I need to because I want to, but I just wasn't able to get it done on Sunday.
0: So if you played a Legacy League, does does Teabag Tom have to relinquish the title of Tom from the Dead format?
2: No, he can he can keep on being me. So at least yeah. somebody's out there representing. Tom
0: Cairns, you got it, bud. One more week. So we actually, we have a guest on now that we're 10 minutes into bullshitting. We should probably introduce our guest. Uh, Tom, you want to do the honors?
2: Yes, I am so excited to have this individual on the podcast because I have known them from a long time from running legacy tournaments at the local game store that we both ended up working at, where I believe you used to have your... Watery Graves instead of Underground Season. You've been playing Storm for a really long time. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was the first thing I got from Channel Fireball.
2: Now, most people, Rodney, would know you as... World, traveler, vendor, with a... Shit, what's the D&D bag that doesn't have a, a bottom? The traveling vendor with a bag of holding? But... You travel everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, I I did do a lot of that in the last year, last couple years. So you had recently been posting on Facebook about a legacy deck that you had been playing that I saw a screenshot on your Facebook page, and I wondered what the absolute hell is going on here. So do you want to talk about the deck a little bit, like where it came from and how you ended up on the 5-0 list with what I think is the absolute craziest legacy deck that I've seen published in a really long time?
1: Yeah. Okay. So this deck is called MOST, which is an acronym for Merike, or Mariac, Merik however you pronounce that, Uh, Opposition, a very powerful enchantment there, Survival, Survival of the Fittest, and Tradewind Rider. Now, these four cards are not all played in the deck currently, but they were in the original iteration of the deck like 10 years ago or whenever this first appeared. Obviously, I can't play Survival of the Fittest anymore, so this is a Fauna Shaman deck. You run your Birds of Paradise, Noble Hierarchs, Mother of Runes, Aether Vials, all, well, maybe not birds, but all cards that you would see in the regular green-white Maverick deck. Uh, you have a Green Sun Zenith package. And you have Fauna Shaman so that you can tutor for singleton creatures that don't have to be green. So you really, you can play whatever creature you want, or whatever creature has a really cool effect. Like Merik or even Tradewind Rider.
2: When I saw the list that you had posted, it looked like somebody took an Atraxa deck, a straight-up Commander Atraxa deck, and just added some 4-of mana fixing and tutoring and just sort of called it a day. Do you want to talk about the one-ofs oh, yeah. that are in okay. there? Because there are so... there are many. The deck I posted, or
1: the deck I sent you, had like 15 or 17 one of. So
2: you can talk about the one ofs that are in your current build if you'd like to, because that. I know that you did a lot of experimenting with the actual list, and your five o list isn't really the one you're working with now. So talk a little bit about the one ofs that you have and your experience with those. So I, I actually found the list
1: open, so, or got the list open, so, and a lot of the ones are similar. So I suppose just going up the curve, there is Quirion Ranger and Screw Ranger, which is kind of a two-of. Uh, these are actually, I think, the most important cards in the deck. They let you double up on your mana creatures, let you double up, like, Marique activations, which is insane. But really... The Rangers are actually really good because you can have a start where if you have one land and then you go turn one, like land birds of paradise, and turn two, you don't have a land. You can green sun zenith for a query on ranger, bounce your land, untap your dark, untap your birds, play the land back out. You still have two mana on turn two to play a fauna shaman or a green sun zenith or whatever else, and then on turn three you have land creature bounce the land replay the land and untap the creature tap the creature again so you have four mana on turn 3 with this card out of one land and one mana dork so it really lets you do a lot of really stupid things with really low resources
2: yeah it it sort of allows you to play that elf game plan where they used to sort of be able to they used to be able to machine gun their death right shaman, but are able to sort of protect their land. I guess it also sort of protects against opposing wastelands too. Yeah, it does it does so much.
1: Um, it protects against wasteland. It lets my Dryad Arbor block a batter skull without gaining life for my opponent. Um, it lets me hold up double Mother of ruins activations. Uh theoretically, if I have a Mirac in play that has survived it can let me steal two creatures.
2: Which is outstanding. Ian, what what were you going to say?
0: Oh, no, I was about to say Mother of Runes has been, like, a huge one for me. So I, I started playing this deck online maybe Thursday whenever Tom sent it to me. And, yeah, being able to hold up double, sometimes triple Mother of Runes is, like, such a scoop. I've gotten so many scoops out of that. And, like, playing this deck, I have, I just checked, I have six screenshots saved they're all some variant of ha 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 or ha ha ja, you know, different different names saved. I probably have more screenshots saved with this deck than all the other decks I played combined in the last like three months. So, this is just such a fun deck, man. I'm just I've been having a blast playing it.
1: Yeah, this is an amazing deck for getting those kind of screenshots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to talk about like particular card choices?
1: Other one ofs in the deck are. Or... Gaddic Teague, uh, which is great as a game one answer to Storm. A lot of the time, I'll just green Sun for that, like turn two or three, and game one is just over. Uh, Kasali Pride Mage is great. It's just an out to things that you need to destroy. Uh, Orsad Pontiff is fantastic. Uh, I think I had a screenshot where I just cast that into three true name nemesis, nemeses. I...
2: I hate that card personally, like going back a little while to the deck that I used to play. That card is such a pain to deal with. And like for our listeners that might not, might not know this, the there's a coming into play ability that like sort of functions as normal, but there's the, the haunt trigger, which is actually a graveyard trigger so if you do not want that ability to happen, you can actually extract it within the, with, when it's in the graveyard. Or you used to be able to Deathrite Shaman it in the graveyard, and then the creature will not haunt.
0: Yeah, but what you can do, you can stack it. So if they have like a Pyromancer and, and Flip Delvers in play, you go minus one, minus one, and then haunt it on the Pyromancer, and then kill the Delvers too, which is phenomenal.
1: If you have a sack outlet or if you can kill it.
0: Yeah, sorry, if you can kill it.
2: Yeah, it always just killed my true names and it made me angry. Yeah,
1: no, that that's sort of a creature hate card that I is super good main deck because even if my opponent isn't playing creatures, I can plus one to my team and add like four damage, which can change the math and just give me a turn off the clock.
2: Plus, this deck has so many ways to get rid of it for value, like being stuck with a leftover creature in your hand when you're playing multiple Fauna Shaman, it just turns into whatever you need it to turn into.
1: Yeah. So because, because you're playing a toolbox deck, you're able to have these situational answers. And like every one single card that I add to this deck, I see it much more often than any other deck would, so it really does make a huge impact, just these one these one single card choices.
0: But yeah, a couple cards that I was wondering if you're if you're playing now. Are you still playing Marin?
1: I I have a Marin in the sideboard. Uh I find that there are a lot of matchups game one. Or there are a lot of matchups where my creatures aren't ending up in the graveyard. So I don't think I want to start at main. Uh I have a Traxa in July main deck right now, uh, the past couple leagues I played today, I played Palace Jailer main. And one game, I became the Monarch against a Miracles player. But it was a weird Miracles build where they had a Humility and Mistress Factory in the deck. Ooh. So I played my Palace Jailer and then go to my opponent's turn. They Terminus, they animate their Mistress Factory, attack me, become the Monarch. And just take control of the game a hundred percent. I'm just so dead.
0: Yeah, I've never played a I started out with a Palace Jailer main and Shalai, just trusting your list. I, I'd never heard of Shalai, but that card is phenomenal. That's like the cherry on top so often because you have like a meddling mage on a certain card. Yeah, and then you just lock it down, or you know, your Mother of Runes, how whatever you have, whatever your sort of tenuous protection on the game is. That's just like a lights-out card. Yeah. If you have a mom protecting it, especially. It's it's just mm-hmm. game over. You get so many scoops just just hitting a Shalai off a vial.
1: Yeah. Also, um, another lights-out card that I get to run main deck that no one else does is Peacekeeper. Which, yeah. Yeah, that is fantastic. I like it main deck. Uh, it's not... A lot of the other people playing this deck... I mean, there aren't that many other people playing this deck, but the people in the forums that I've seen, they don't... A lot of them don't like it main because it's just a 1-1, and a lot of times it's dead. But I like having... Just like, I like the Peacekeeper and the Pontiff, so I at least have two outs against like a swarm of Empty the Warrens Goblins, and it just saves me in a lot of Game 1s. Where nothing else would
0: yeah it's great against eldrazi too
1: yeah yeah eldrazi true name emessees merit lage yeah
0: elves. The, the more oh yeah elves too the more i'm playing this deck the more i'm finding that what i want are not the more versatile cards in the main deck i want the more specific like the yeah. cyborg cards in game one so like i i've end up keep moving towards like these more obscure cards that mm-hmm. that serve this like single purpose but do it like exceptionally well.
1: So um, one card that I thought would be kind of obscure, but has actually been fantastic, Ramanap Excavator. As a deviation from or for experimenting today, uh, I wanted to try the package of Ghost Quarter, uh, Horizon Canopy, Caracas, Knight of the Reliquary, and one Ramanap Excavator. Um, originally, as in answer, So I would have something to play against lands, because Tabernacle is a big problem for me, obviously. And I discovered that ram- with a Raminap Excavator in play, you can play a Dryad Arbor from your graveyard, bounce it to your hand with a Scrib Ranger, discard that card to Fauna Shaman, get a creature, and then do the same thing next turn.
0: That's amazing, bro. I- I'm sold on that right now. That's that's incredible.
2: Yeah one of one of the biggest questions that I had at the list was even though you were playing six mana dorks and four aether vial, was the mana base? Yeah. Because as soon as I looked at the list, I was like, all of this is awesome. How how is he able to fit everything in? And then I saw sixteen land, and I was like, hmm. Well, I guess this probably does work because of the Ranger and the vials. but have have you had mana issues playing against other decks that might have Wasteland?
1: I really, I've only really noticed it one time. Uh, I, there was a match today that I lost because I had fetched Tundra Bayou, which normally I think is the ideal start. I think I want the... I, Ideal fetching order, I think, for this deck is Bayou, and then Tundra, and then Savannah, mm-hmm. because that combination lets you cast Marique, or Leovold, or Sanctum Prelate, or True Name Nemesis, which I don't have in my list currently, but is very good. But what happened was, I had a Tundra and a Savannah in play, I think, and then they wastelanded my Savannah, and I was stuck on a non-green source, which was really bad. But In most games, I am pretty easily able to find that first green source, and that casting a vile or a noble hierarch, as I mentioned before, having a Quarion Ranger in play lets me do so much more with a one land and one dork than I should be able to do. I really haven't felt the need for like an 18 or 19 lands.
0: Yeah, it totally depends on your opening hand, like how many mana sources you have, right? But I, I find I'm actually fetching the Savannah or Trop first just because I don't want to expose the black mana because you only yeah. have one source. Yep. Yeah. So if you need, like, an uh, Assassin's Trophy to get out of the pinch, or you just want to cast your Marik or whatever, and you don't have a bird in play, your Bayou's gone, you're you're kind of shit out of luck. I guess having the uh, App Excavator is good for that.
1: Yeah. And but actually, I, I've been,
0: yeah, go ahead.
1: But I'm actually thinking of playing a second Bayou. Like, I, I so I think Savannah is actually the worst duel because a lot of your cards cost green, white. So usually you want the green mana and the white mana to be on separate lands. So I really like the combination of Bayou and Tundra. But you're if you do only have one land, then Savannah, I think, is good.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense, and to be honest, like I didn't know you at all, and I, I didn't know that you played Legacy, so when I first looked at your list, I figured out like what was going on, and I was like, this is sweet, I really want to try this deck, but I didn't look at the mana base, and I was like, I've seen so many lists online where the mana base is messed up, so I tried to just create it on my own from scratch, mm-hmm. and I, I think you absolutely nailed it, because I, I wound up at literally the same mana base you did, and... It's perfect, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it feels very similar to uh, the four-color shadow mana bases in uh, Modern, which I played a couple years ago, and where you really, like, playing that mana base uh, for, like, the four-color traverse shadow deck, you really learn that Overgrown Tomb isn't the best land because you don't play steam vents in the deck. And so you can't have these two lands that produce all of your colors if one of them is in, a, is in your main two colors so you have to split your main two colors across two lands
0: Horizon Canopy is super cool uh, now that you mentioned it how much of a pain in the butt has that been like uh, you run into any trouble with that or is it is it uh, free not, to play it
1: not yet I haven't lost a game because of the damage from that but I also wasn't really using it to draw cards that often with Ramonap Excavator.
0: Okay. What about not being able to fetch it, though?
1: Uh, That wasn't really an issue. If I have a fetch, I usually have lands.
0: Yeah, like if your Savannah gets wasted, you ever find like, oh, I just need to get a Savannah. Oh, I can't get this Horizon Canopy. Is that come up for you or no? No. That's good to know. I, I think I'm going to try one Horizon Canopy for sure, though.
1: Oh, uh, what else do I have? Main deck. I have the Sylvan Library main deck and three Brainstorms, which is definitely not normal for a Legacy deck, I would say. Uh, I've just been loving the Sylvan Library. I think it's... under I th- I honestly think the card is underplayed in Legacy.
0: This is the best Sylvan Library deck, too.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: You always, When you have a Fauna Shaman in play, it guarantees you always hit a creature on your draw step.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're constantly so, being able to take two cards. You're constantly green sunning. Like if you get into the late game against something like Agro Loam, like Eldrazi, one of these one of these things that goes like fifteen turns, you end up basically hitting a green sun every turn. So you get a shuffle every turn. Yeah. And just Sylvan is just super good in that situation.
1: Um I really like the interaction also of having your Renegade Rallyer. So against Miracles I can jam Sylvan turn two, get it countered and then play Renegade Rallyer turn three and get it back?
0: Hell yeah.
2: I didn't, I didn't quite get that interaction when I looked at the original list and I saw the Renegade Rallyer, and I thought, oh, is this really just to get back like a Dork or a Fetchland to sort of solidify your metabase? Because usually you don't see that without Wasteland being paired with it. But being able to get back a Sylvan Library is huge.
0: Yeah, so I originally the very first league I played, I caught that rallier for main deck Night of Autumn, and by league two, I was like, I want this card, and it's exactly like you said that that get back the Sylvan Library play is huge, and that's like what I've used it for over half the time I'd say.
2: Now this might this might be like not very traditional, but have you thought about trying to play multiple Sylvans? I think in the uh, in the deck that I got posted, I actually did have
1: two I have two Sylvan libraries in that posted deck list and three brainstorms.
0: Yeah, I've had two Sylvan's every league so far.
1: Yeah, it uh, it's been a little awkward. Like sometimes you would draw the second Sylvan, but I think by that point you're just very far ahead. Uh, today I actually did play I split one Sylvan, one Nyssa steward of elements.
2: Is that the the blue-green X, or is that the 2-2 no, creature? That's the blue-green X one. So okay. what, is that,
0: what does that do? I don't remember. So she,
1: her cost is blue, green, and X. She comes into play with X loyalty counters, so she's really a three-mana walker. She is plus two, scry two, which is pretty similar to Sylvan Library. It also it works very well if you also have a Sylvan Library out. It just lets you dump the garbage to the bottom. Uh, her She can zero and reveal the top card of your deck. If it is a land or a creature with cost less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters, you can put it into play. So again, with a Sylvan Library, you can put something on top of your deck and then put it into play. Her minus six, I think, is just untap two lands and attack with them as five fives this turn. Which is something... It's a threatening effect that you have on board that your opponent has to deal with eventually.
0: I'm 100% going to try that. That sounds awesome.
2: Having an extra sort of vile effect where you could just start to take that up to scry and then throw a four that you stack to the top right into play is crazy. Mm-hmm. And some of the fours that you have, I had to Google. <laughs> like... You, you posted a screenshot of a Saskia yeah. being in play, and I was like, what is this? So this
1: deck can occasionally have a hard time closing games. I mean, all of the creatures are like two-power garbage, one-power garbage. So The Saskia really was a way, just a, a thing in the deck that would mean you have... You, can, you have the ability to green sun zenith and immediately deal like eight damage to your opponent. Uh, I think the screenshot I posted, my opponent had attacked with a creature that had an Umzawa's Gta on it. And I blocked, I think I flashed in a Scrib Ranger or something, or blocked with a Dryad Arbor and bounced it. But my opponent had tapped out with their Tree Name Nemesis and their Stoneforge. And I just untapped. Put that into play, and they died. So,
0: what is Saskia for those of us who don't know?
1: Oh yes, uh, she is. Um, she's four mana, one of every color that isn't blue. She's a three-four vigilance haste. Whenever any creature would deal damage to your opponent, it deals damage to your opponent again. So, I, I thought Saskia was the one dealing the damage, but it isn't. It's the creature. So, your Atraxa deals 4 damage to your opponent, deals 4 damage to your opponent again, you gain life again.
0: So why doesn't it just say double strike?
1: Honestly, just to be more insane with double striking creatures.
0: Ah, okay. So you get quadruple strike potential? Yeah. Very nice, I like that. Is that a commander card? It is. Like a Trassa. Awesome. So one thing that I did... D do you have Leovald in your main deck?
1: I do. Yes. I've never cut that.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh I can't remember. The list I saw the one of the first things I did was I believe the list that Tom sent me originally had one prelate main and two prelates in the side. Yes. And uh for my first league I cut one of those sideboard prelates for a second Leovald. Mm-hmm. Just because like so many matchups, and especially Sneak and Show I'm finding, you want to have a second Leovold in case your first one eats in a braid or something because yeah. it's like the, yeah, the best card you can have there.
1: I've been very surprised with that card in that matchup. I had a, I had a so game good. where my opponent put a Grizzlebrand into play. I put a Leovold into play. And through, over the next four turns, they paid 21 life to draw three cards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the, the other cards that, that I've been playing that I didn't see in, in the list that Tom sent me were uh, Reflector Mage and Stifle Bird. Have you thought about those two at all?
1: Uh, I definitely thought of Reflector Mage. Um, I have wanted something that can just get rid of a creature that's on board. Uh, I tried Palace Jailer in that slot and have been pleased with that so far. I do think Reflector Mage definitely has a spot in this deck. Uh, so Bird, I'm less sure of. I think there isn't a large enough percentage of the games where you have a Fauna Shaman active. Like, I... Right now, in the list I'm looking at right now for my next league later this week, uh, I already cut the Spellcaller just because I don't usually have the time to set up an onboard Fauna Shaman where I can be reactive like that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, for... Four mana on your opponent's turn seems like it's that's a big ask.
0: Mm. So, the thing that I found with Palace Jailer is it's really for me at least only playing uh Palace Jailer and Shalai in the four spot. I don't want my vials to go to four, so that's why yeah. I end up going with Reflector Mage main and Palace Jailer in the sideboard.
1: Yeah, I definitely have I've definitely had a game had games where I take it up to four to put one thing into play and then just continue to draw threes and cry.
0: Yeah. Have you thought at all about uh, Phyrexian Revoker in the main?
1: I have. um, I'm kind of going back and forth on that card. Some people in the forums think that there aren't enough targets for it, and I think I'm inclined to agree. Also, uh, I feel okay in the matchups where I think I would want it, like Storm and Sneak and Show and uh, uh, Turbo Depths. Yeah, uh, I've felt okay in those matchups. Otherwise, right now I'm really struggling against uh, Grixis Control, where they on the dr- where they have like three bolts, and aggressive the aggressive blue red Delver deck is really tough for me when they have like a Delver and two pieces of interaction, and it's all just in their hand. They don't have to like ponder ponder for it. So right now I'm looking at a Baleful Strix in the main deck. Oh, nice as something that just stops a Delver dead in its tracks. And that's also another two cost permanent that it's super sweet off a renegade rallier.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Scrub Scrib Ranger has a pretty good natural interaction against Delver too. But yes. obviously in the in the blue red shell, your Scrib Rangers probably don't live too long.
1: Yeah, I so I think the Baleful Strix is also just another thing that they have to bolt. And I like being able to present that deck with just like 12 creatures that all need to be bolted immediately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned Turbo Depths because I wanted to be as true to your list as possible the first league I played because I didn't really know much about the deck. I was just sort of theory crafting. Mm-hmm. So I changed, I think, two cards. And I was thinking, man, I'm really weak to Turbo Depths because there was no Flicker Wisp, no Reflector Mage, like these cards I originally thought of obviously you're playing no wastelands, right? Yep. And there's nothing that you have two uh, assassins trophies, but there's nothing like a fulminator mage that can get you out of like a, a dark depths going off situation. Mm-hmm. So I ended up of course playing turbo depths. My first two le- uh, matches I played in my first yeah. league. and I, I won one and I actually, my opponent timed out in the other one, but oh. I, I would have lost that one to be honest, but, so basically, I went one one, but the matchup was so much better than I expected because just Mother of Runes plus Scrib Ranger, yeah. Vendilion Click or whatever, and then you just put a meddling Mage on abrupt decay. Uh, God forbid you get a Shalai into play. Oh yeah, you you have so much game in these matchups that you don't you don't even think about until you're in the situations and you're like, okay, I got this. This is you know Fauna Shaman bail me out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing.
2: And to be fair trying to play against a deck that has so many one ofs your your lines to take against it are so varied because without those consistent cards in play you really don't know what's coming next (laughs) there are so many options for the threes and the fours that this deck can present that it's very difficult to react against
0: and it's so funny. Every time you cast a Mariki, you can you can literally go make a cup of coffee because your opponent's not responding for a minute. They're just going to sit there and read the card and look at your board and look at your Scribranger Ranger and think about their life and what you know how they can possibly play this game. Sometimes they scoop, but that card is just incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun playing that card. Um, also, she.
1: The last part of text on her that says she destroys the creature when it's untapped. Yeah. yeah, so I've had, um, I've untapped with it, played a creature or whatever, passed the turn, and my opponent goes to activate Kriakas on my Marike. And I respond by stealing their creature, Marike gets immediately bounced and it just kills their thing for free.
0: <laughs> oh, next level. I didn't even think about that one so I had a question too are you still playing two meek stones in the sideboard
1: uh, I am not currently um, those were I think I put those in right after losing to true name nemesis okay uh, they the idea behind them is to have something that answers true name nemesis or delver or maybe like I could, it could theoretically also answer like a merit lage after I chomp block it one time. Yeah. Um, if I can find the space for them, I definitely would like to run them again. But right now I I suppose in those two slots I have a combal console of allocation. Because uh, I oh. did notice there are, there are definitely games where I would appreciate having like two to four more life. And it's also just a hate bear that like a storm deck just has to deal with. Yeah. And I like increasing my number of those. And I have a sort of light and shadow in addition to the GJ. Cause that, I mean, that gains me life that I like having. It's great with the Sylvan out. And it is a second card that I have that can buy back creatures from my graveyard. So like if my Marin somehow gets answered, I still have a way to buy it back.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a card that actually Tom Cairns and I have been playing for a couple weeks now in our bug list, and it's just phenomenal. It's so much better than you than you expect it would be, so I I would co-sign that 100%. And the other card that I've replaced Meekstone with is uh, Thalia Heretic Cathar that yeah, kind of buys you that time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's actually a really good card that I forgot existed, honestly.
0: It's super sweet against Sneak Attack, and it it does a lot of the same thing. It it doesn't do the same thing as meekstone, obviously, but it comes in in the same matchups, and like against Eldrazi, you don't have to worry about the Reality Smasher off the top. Uh, like I already mentioned, sneak attack, and against like a Grixis control deck, when their fetch lands come in tap, that's just that's amazing. When they they have to wait two turns to Colagon's commands, that that can buy you the time you need.
2: Yeah. So. Rodney, you were talking about the sort of rough matchups earlier being Grixis control when you were on the draw and Blue Red Delver. What if you do you want to talk about some of the matchups of the deck, one of the one of the ones where you think that you are really favored and then some of the ones that you think that the deck is kind of struggling against in its current build?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've actually been very surprised with how good my storm matchup is. Like having played storm for quite a while now, I always like I always wanted to get paired against the green white Kutri deck because I always like I can. It's pretty easy to bounce a Thalia or bounce a Gaddock Teague. but this deck because of all of the one ofs, it's really easy to it, I. It's really easy to play one kind of Hate Bear and then a different kind of Hate Bear the next turn. And that's really, I think, the key to beating Storm is just layering your hate in different ways that they have to answer differently. Other good matchups, Turbo Depths actually seems kind of okay with uh, the main deck just outs outs to a Merit Lage. Uh, all the control, I feel. I'm not sure about the control matchups. Like Sometimes I get... I think whenever I get the early mana dorks to survive, then I'm able to just play threes and fours just like every turn, and just slam a new bomb every turn that they have to deal with every turn. The the games where they have removal from my early dorks, I find that I'm just never really able to be threatening enough
2: for them. I know exactly the feeling with the old four color stone blade list. It sort of worked the same way where if you had that early mana advantage, it turned on everything that was higher curve. And if you sort of stumble on mana early and allow your control opponent to develop, then you can't do what you need to do in the mid game. And they can.
0: Yeah. Basically, if they can fetch Island Swamp, the game's over.
2: Well, they can definitely they can definitely fetch Island Swamp, but if you have your Bird of Paradise survive and you can play Leovold into Shalai, it might make it a little bit harder for them.
1: Mhm.
2: That's a sick that's a sick curve. Bird, Leovold, and then Shalai.
0: So, this card that got spoiled today, this uh Lin-Valler or whatever it is, this 2/2 blue white Azorius uh hate bear, I guess you call it. I don't even want to try with the rule of sex in this card because it's ridiculous. It's like uh, the number of lands that you have in play can't exceed the CMC for your opponent, uh, can't exceed the CMC of the cards that you're playing. And then you also can't can't play spells that cost zero mana or they're countered. So one of them is like you can't cast them and the other one is that it's countered. It seems like a rules nightmare, but...
1: Yeah. So... That actually, I I've been thinking about that a little bit uh, for this deck, and I don't think I want it because I I think meddling mage just should cover the spells that I want to prevent from happening, and I was thinking about this in the context of the dredge mashup. Like you, if the dredge cast cabal therapy. It really doesn't matter if it resolves. They got their sacrifice, they got their zombie triggers. That's all they're really interested in. And I think if I, I don't think they would be able to word it correctly to have an effect. But if they could actually prevent if they could actually prevent spells from being cast without being paid, I think I would want that more, significantly more.
0: I agree 100%. And I actually haven't played the Dredge matchup with this deck, but I was thinking about that. And it seems like it does does like half of the... Excuse me. It does like half of the job that you want to do in certain matchups, but it's never the best card for any matchup. And like we were talking about earlier, the big advantage of this deck is you can find literally the best card
2: Mm -hmm. for a
0: certain matchup at all times. And this card, it actually kind of it's it's trying to be something to everyone it feels like versus literally the best thing you could be doing in that matchup yeah where i can't i can't find a matchup where it's the best card that i would want so the legacy challenge that we couldn't play in because we were out shopping and by the way we talked a lot about how much fun we had shopping but honestly this is this is all the people that supported us right this is this is the people in the New England old school group this is people in the leaving the legacy group this is our boy Steve Hartford. All the, all the people who donated to us, this is really you who are doing this, not us, right? DJ Seco donating the Counterspell play mat. Tom donating the Time Vault. Uh, Mike Hilton donating the Tropical Islands. You're the ones who really made this happen. So we, we really, we, we shouldn't take any credit. This is, should all be their credit, really. But, We couldn't play in the challenge because we were out shopping at Target. But meanwhile, while we were shopping, the following happened. Blue Red won the challenge, which isn't that surprising because Blue Red's been a good deck for a while now. But it didn't have any risk factors. It had three Niv Magus Elementals and three Flusterstorms in the main deck. (sighs) Was that a sigh?
2: it yep I mean I don't know what to say like yeah Flusterstorm main deck is probably great I love that card and Niv Magus Elemental eating copies of Flusterstorm is just absolutely savage but we are are we at that point right now where Niv Magus Elemental is a go to play I'm not sure right Like, small sample size, obviously it won the tournament, but I'm not ready to get on board with this deck yet.
0: I have no idea. The only reason I know this card is because the first GP I played in, Grand Prix Providence in 2013, my opponent started exiling cards from their hand to their Niv Magus Elemental. And I I had a judge call them because they did not believe me that you had to cast a spell first. Uh, that's the only reason I've ever heard of this card. I've never seen it show up in constructed play before. I don't know if this is totally unheard of or what.
2: I think there was a there was a modern deck that played it, right? Jerry Thompson. Jerry Thompson had some sort of shenanigans.
0: Rodney, do you know the answer? Because I have no idea.
1: I mean you have in modern you have the ground rift, the uh single red mana spell with storm. That's like target creature can't target creature with flying can't block or something, but it has storm. So it lets you just exile six copies of that spell.
2: And I think it played the one red sorcery that gives a creature double strike. Oh, yeah. No trample. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Niv Magus Elemental Jerry Thompson. I know, that, I know that he had quite a few... So he played it at the Pro Tour. He played it at one of the modern Pro Tours. Oh, wow. Way back in the day. So it played Niv Magus Elemental, Kiln Fiend, uh, Apostle's Blessing, Assault Strobe, all of the zero um, Phyrexian Mana Spells, and that Storm Spell that Rodney mentioned, Ground Rift. So it literally just cleared the way and pumped the niv magus elemental into oblivion
0: do you ever get the feeling when you look at jerry thompson's modern decks that he is just mocking the format because i love that aspect of it
2: well you're talking to somebody who plays hexproof so
0: wait rodney you don't play hexproof do you
2: no i don't yeah
0: you have more honor than that who plays hexproof i do oh yeah hexproof i'm sorry
2: no literally in modern i play green white hexproof <laughs> yeah no
0: i'm sorry i forgot
2: yeah yeah my i bad. played other modern decks my but i love that deck It's my boy slippery bogle get slippery
0: that card was reprinted, and I drafted it on Saturday. Also yeah, yeah, Saturday, I yeah, went to uh, I Nerd that. Lumbus. Go
1: ahead. Oh, no, yeah. I That card and the hexproof mechanic in general is just making this limited format really bad for me, I think.
0: Yes. I went to uh, Nerd Lumbus, which is hosted by uh, this guy Jack Brennan. I just wanted to shout this out real quick. I just showed up because uh, my friend Chris DeRico invited me. There was thirty nerds in this apartment in Charlestown, just constantly uh, ultimate masters drafting. It was it was one of the best days that I can recall. It so you a, you had a, a
2: draft camp?
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, they kept wanting to do this silly pack war shit, but other than that, there were some serious drafts. There were some serious players there too uh some some Boston area ringers and i I had a blast, yeah
2: I'm really glad that you had a great time at your adult summer camp,
0: yeah, no, I just wanted to shout that out and shout out to the bacon truck in Charlestown too.
2: There's a bacon truck,
0: yeah, it's called the bacon truck, basically, what it is is the uh it's like the the trap house for this this bacon truck that drives around and sells bacon sort of foods out of the truck. But they have to have, like, their supplier somewhere. So this place that they held their supplies just opened up a cafe where they sell the same stuff that the truck sells, which happens to be right across the street from from this dude Jack's house. So we were back and forth to the bacon truck cafe all day. It was incredible. So, yeah, the rest of the challenge, we had Depths, Death and Taxes, Brandon Osborne on Ant, Honoraga Miracles, then Grixis Delver, JPA playing Trinity Tell, and then a Turbo Depth deck, not like a Mox Diamond Slow Depth deck that we're seeing more often now, but just like traditional Turbo Depths in eight. Uh, not, not terribly surprising, but the, the thing that I found most interesting about this challenge is we've seen most commonly four, five, or six would be the mode of the data, I would say, on the number of Grixis control decks in the challenge. The top placing and only Grixis control deck in the top thirty two of this challenge was twenty-sixth place. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome, because I'm I'm so ready to to just not see that deck anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not going away. It will it will be back.
0: Did you happen to catch the deck in twentieth, Tom?
2: Or I'm looking at it right now. The Noble Hierarch. Stoneforge Mystic, True Name Nemesis, Jace Bant deck, I caught it. I'm looking yeah. at it.
0: What you know about that? That sounds like your kind.
2: It does. It seems like this seems like my jam. I like the mana base. It's super basic and it has a basic island. The two Jaces with the equipment package and the Sylvan is classic 2012 Bant Stoneblade. The Excavator, Snapcaster Mage, and Tireless Tracker. I'm trying to question whether or not one of those might be a better fourth true name. Might be better as a fourth true name. I I just... I have to think that one of those has to be. And the Council's Judgment main deck seems strange to me given the fact that you're only playing three Tundra. So... In my opinion, the the cards that I think sort of have a little bit of flexibility are that Council's Judgment, which I would change. The Ponder Preordering Split, I'm fine with. Like, whatever you want to do, get silly. But the Snaps, with quite honestly not very many return targets when you're exactly. playing a deck like this. Yeah, And the the not playing four True Name Nemesis kind of bothers me a little bit. I like the Spell Snare over the fourth days. I like only having three Swords to Plowshares in the main deck, given how many decks are not playing creatures that you need to remove. Absolutely. And I think that if you tune if you tune the deck a little bit and play with some of those flex spots, you kind of have the deck that we all thought was going to be a mainstay right at the turn of the format like there are a few people that invited me to group chats right when death right shaman and probe got banned and they're like yeah. "Bant is back like talk to me about this and then it just never sort of solidified and the comment that you made before about Grixis control not really being around kind of leads me to think that's the reason why we saw this because, man, Graces control smashes this deck, in my experience, since the Bannings.
0: Yeah, I have to agree, unfortunately. This player, Rene Randrup, I'm sorry if that's not how that's meant to be said, but it looks like Rene Randrup. I believe that they had 5-0'd a couple weeks ago with like a a Noble Bug Delver list that I was pretty interested in and that Tom, and, Tom Cairns and I had talked about. So I think this is a kindred spirit of ours playing Noble Hierarch. And the the Ramanop excavator tireless tracker, like one of each, when I saw that I was like, okay, where's the Greenstone Zenith? And then you go look in sorceries and it's not there, right? So it seems like you have to draw those at the right time. You know, I'm not I'm not really sold on that aspect of it. Like you well, said.
2: Yeah, there's there's enough cantrips to be able to find them, in my opinion. But the problem is you have this sort of awkward tension between Stoneforge and equipment green sun zenith and enough targets to also balance your blue count for force of will right so i'm 100 percent okay with this deck not having green sun zenith i don't think it needs it but i'm i'm not sure whether or not having a one of each of those is correct it might be but the snapcaster mages i think could be much better off as something else
0: yeah i think i would definitely like you said go to four true name and then decide which of those two plans you wanna be on. I personally think that it's you wanna be on the Ramenop Excavator plan rather than the Tireless Tracker. Tireless Tracker was a great card for me when I played it in the Maverick. But it's it's really looking for a specific situation. And when you have like true name plus equipment, you're trying to close a game, right? So I I don't think that those plans necessarily coincide. Like I would I would try to move I think excavator to this or uh, tireless tracker to the sideboard for those longer grindier matchups like miracles stuff like that, and yeah definitely have four four true names and have the third equipment like the sword in the main deck.
2: Yeah, having those two and missing knight of the reliquary really, really is kind of strange. But I feel like the tireless trackers trying to play a, get a different game where your threats are all really expensive and cracking clues and trying to get in spells that matter is
0: yeah it's kind of antithetical with the the main game plan here one card that i thought about that i might want to have is like a one of in this list is a scavenging ooze because playing that that in rodney's list that card is just incredible so you blank snapcasters on the opposite side you have main deck grave hate which is just phenomenal and you have you have this tarmogoyf this gain life tarmogoyf it it's just it's it's so versatile it's such an underappreciated card and i feel like i always draw it against lom so maybe maybe i like it even more because of that but i i if i was going to play like one of a green creature i think it might be scavenging Ooze right now
2: yeah all right so we got One more thing to talk about. And I hate to pull focus off of Rodney's spicy list that we spent quite a bit of time talking about. But just like you had posted in the Leaving a Legacy group, Rodney, there was some spice this week. If this was a Thai menu for the league (laughs) lists, there would be like four chili peppers next to it. I I got Thai food with Ian. We went over and he's like, "Listen, have you ever had this before?" And I was like, "Yes." He's like, "Watch out, it's spicy." And I was like, "Oh man, what's like what's happening right now?" No.
0: So I ordered I ordered my thing specifically. I I put in the notes, "Thai hot, make it like you're making it for a Thai person." That's what I always put in like the Grubhub notes or whatever because when you just put hot, they're like, oh, hot. They drop, like, an extra chili pepper in it or something. But I like food to be scalding hot. Like, I, I want to be able to feel that pain for hours. Like, that's what I'm looking for in Thai you, food.
1: You want your dinner to punch you in the face?
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I want to I know about that food. Basically, like, I'm in it for the pain. That is a great analogy for this this five O list because we saw, I believe, the first appearance ever of Yukiro.
2: Is this one of the commander cards that you're like, this card is the shit?
0: Yeah. I, I never thought this card was the shit, but apparently it is because it showed up here, right?
2: So I got to look at this list because I didn't look at the league data. I just, I knew, I knew the list that I wanted to talk about. And and that was the one we already did.
0: Uh, it's actually Yuriko, I'm sorry.
2: Who is the player?
0: Yozo. So. Yo-
2: okay <laughs> okay
0: so Yurizo, the tiger's shadow are you fucking kidding me is this really in spanish no it's not uh it's got a command commander ninjutsu i have no idea what this means it's That's one blue okay it's got ninjutsu it's one blue black but it's ninjutsu is blue black Whatever ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, you may reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost. It's running three of these, three ninja of the deep hours, with four snapcasters, four strixen, two spell seekers, and then there's also a Vencer in the deck. But basically you have all the the blue two drop value creatures, and then your yep. ninjutsu guys.
2: But, like, wouldn't, when I saw this list, or two minutes ago, when you told me to open this list up, isn't, isn't this just, like, a worse, just black-blue fairies list? Like, wouldn't this just be better with Bitter Blossoms and some other things? Like, I get that, like, playing Yukiro, the Tiger Shadow, is cute right it's ninja it's ninjas but like you could play fairies instead and it would probably be better am i just wrong about that
0: maybe i mean do you get to play baleful strix and fairies
2: i mean you can you can put it in the deck it probably doesn't fit very well
0: what about snapcaster mage like i think of fairies as being this very like creature based deck like, this deck has 17 creatures. I think of fairies is having, like, 20 creatures and four Bitter Blossoms. Am I off-base on that? doesn't
1: have to be. Like, uh, Yuta Takahashi top-rated uh, Grand Prix Portland, I think it was. And his deck was on the website as Blue-Black Control or Blue-Black Midrange or something. And it really only had, like, Vendillion Click, Spellstarter Sprite, Bitter Blossom, and then, like, three Liliana, three Jace, and a bunch of control spells.
2: yeah that's that's the idea that i'm thinking of more yeah okay all
0: right so yeah maybe i don't know what i'm talking about with with regard to fairies i wasn't playing during that era so i don't know what like the traditional fairies list look like to be honest I, i figured it was like a cavern of souls kind of deck
2: yeah i wasn't i wasn't talking about the old standard fairies i was talking more about what the deck sort of evolved to in modern
0: was there ever a legacy fairies build
2: I'm sure that there must have been at some point, right? MTG Top Eight will tell us.
1: Who is the guy that played the uh, the played the popper deck in Legacy? That's a fairies deck.
0: Yeah, that is a fairy deck. And that's only like a twelve creature or fifteen creature deck, actually. So maybe, yeah, maybe this is just like you said, Tom. Maybe this is just like a ninja fairies.
2: All right, there we go. We'll call it that.
0: So consigned to oblivion. Have you ever seen this card
2: before? Is that the black blue split card? Yes.
1: It is the echoing truth that you can search for with Burning Wish.
2: I I don't know. I, I don't think that I would ever be able to like put this into a deck. <laughs> isn't isn't there like like a better version that has fuse?
1: Uh, that where far and away can only use yeah. creatures. Yeah. So okay.
0: So, remember we talked about set drift last week. This can hit a chalice.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And it, it flips for seven. Oh, oh that's true. Oh wow! I missed that. Uh, I didn't Wait, think about that. Is that how that works now? Yep. Wow. I I totally missed that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. No. I actually um I had a, a Ultimate Masteries sealed event where my opponent cast Fire Ice, and then they cast Living Lore, and it was an 8-it. It's supposed to be a wow. 4-4, but yeah, the, you just add them up. You add up the numbers, and that's the CMC.
0: That's incredible.
2: All right, so that, that's I guess that's way better if you are flipping it to Yakiro. You can even brainstorm that back on top.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now I was thinking that it was just like, voyages end gives you a scry in that situation, mm-hmm. but you know the the aftermath potential. Like if you hit five lands, like that's that's worth more than nothing. So I thought that that was the reason that they were playing that, but it makes a lot more sense with Ikira. So what else do we have in this uh, this league dump? We had uh... okay. So I would like to respond. Tom, can you find this list?
2: Yep, I'm looking at it.
0: Can you tell me, does Does this meet your requirements to be considered a stasis deck?
2: Okay. Y- y- kind of. Because there's only two, right? Like, I guess you only really need one, but it's red-blue stasis. Well,
0: so I would like to respond a couple weeks ago played a blue-white deck with two stasis, and you called it not stasis. So I just wanted to check if this was stasis.
2: Well, okay, so it seemed just like a regular sort of twist on miracles with Teferi and stasis. But this seems like it's focused a little bit more on stasis. So I would say this, with the As Foretold and the Ral oh, the old-school Ral Get out your coins and <laughs> start not untapping things. Fine, it's stasis.
0: This is a pretty wild list, right? As for told back to basic stasis, two chain of vapor. Yeah, two chain of vapor. Like, think about that in this deck.
2: Well, you get to. You get to, balance your stasis. Yeah, and I then mean, your like, that can make like
0: infinite mistakes.
2: Yeah, like they can try to shoot it back at you, and then you can sack your stasis and bounce there, or whatever. Like, yep. yeah, it's it's great. Um, I don't know. I no, actually, I take that back. I don't know if it's great, but <laughs> uh, it could be. It could be really good. So like, yeah, it's stasis. I mean, I don't do, know. I don't do, know if I would ever want to play this.
0: Does a part of you feel like though that it's just just blue, red land still with two stasis in it?
2: well there's no land there's no land still right it's like there's, replacing there's no that land package right. with stasis right but they're so just like,
0: replacing the standstills with stasis so
2: sure i don't know sure ancestral vision as foretold is still sweet
0: that's pretty dank yeah i i really this list is super interesting to me i a lot of cards i hadn't seen in a while in legacy so
2: Do, does a deck like this interest you
0: though more as an oddity i'm not gonna play it to be honest like it okay it does interest me that at 5-0 like i i think about like the matchups it could have played and how those matchups might have gone but i wouldn't enjoy playing this deck now
2: okay what else we got wait what
0: well i was gonna say why
2: why because like when we look through the 5-0 decks right if there's something super interesting out of the ordinary that I think has potential, I'm, like, really drawn to it. But anytime I see a stasis deck, I just, I automatically assume, like, it's, there is no potential there. It's a dead <laughs> end. Somebody is on a goal to five zero with stasis in their deck and is trying any shell to do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not impressed. So. I'll just say that.
0: I would like to respond. It seems not like they're trying to 5 stasis. It seems like they're trying to 5 stasis in literally every deck at this point.
1: I do want to point out that there is Aurum, Aurum 67 as Dredge with a Sandworm Convergence in the sideboard.
2: So instead of playing the one of Ashen Rider, in addition they're playing to- Sandworm Convergence to get it in off of Show and Tell? Yeah. Okay. I I definitely have played the Dredge deck. Actually, one of the last leagues I played was, the, was with the Dredge deck, and I got to put the Ashen Rider in play off of my opponent's show-and-tell, and they scooped. So, it is probably way better to put in a Sandworm Convergence, but spending two of your spots there is just kind of strange.
0: Rodney, you're you're like a backpack grinder uh yeah yeah no i, I
1: did a lot of that in the last couple of years
0: so what's your inventory look like right now
1: right now it's a lot of blood moons from the dark and Sylvan libraries from legends
2: you wanna, those are two, good, two, you two good ones to have
0: uh any, any old school cars you ever get I have like I have like an a p b out to the pack and everybody else that like I buy old school cards. I'm a fiend for that shit, so yeah, yeah, those I'm always looking for that
1: seem like cards that I don't know they pop up every so often, like fifteen dollars cheaper than I think they should be, and it's just a really I just love the look of them too.
0: Do you play old school because i don't. those are those are extremely sage calls, yeah. Do you just like have, have general knowledge of the format or like sort oh, of computer- a little
1: bit, like oh, they're just yeah. two sweet playable cards that have these really old printings that look really good.
0: Yes, exactly. Extremely playable cards that are played as like three or four ofs. Like library as a three of is probably the most common you see it in old school. So yeah, I-, I love those picks, honestly. We're a finance guy kind of sometimes, so
2: No, we're not. <laughs> our listeners are like you want to do a finance cast and our listeners are like I would never fucking listen to that. Please don't do it. Literally let us, one let listener us know said that. When you're thinking of doing that so I cannot fucking listen to you.
0: Our listener Sugi Time said that once and every other listener was like, "Oh, I'm super stoked for this cast. When are you when are you guys going to do the finance
2: cast?" Didn't happen
0: it 100 fucking percent happened but we kind of did it last week to be honest so i'm over it
2: okay so rodney if people want to get in touch with you on social media to ask you questions about the fauna shaman vile deck yeah do you have a spot where they can get in touch with you
1: uh just my facebook rodney videl can
0: you spell Bedell? B E D E L L. Sweet. Thank you.
2: And I know you're in the Leaving a Legacy group, so that's probably the best way to find your name if you search that. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, that group's kind of played out, but.
2: Yeah, I've left a bunch of times, and every time I rejoin, to like. Never mind. I'm going to delete this anyway.
0: God damn it.
2: No, I can't. I'm not going to dump on those guys. (gasps) I, they, I don't they stole
0: your time vault. Can I get you going on this again this week? No,
2: we're not. I did it last week. I'm trying to be a positive influence. We raised a bunch of a bunch of money for a really good cause, and I don't want to get mad about it again.
0: Dude, Operation Trojan Horse was a huge success. I wanna shout out uh Matt Hackbert and all the people who got them to create infinite Discord channels this week.
2: Listen, you know what? Hold on, I want to go back to that time vault thing. Listen. Last week they pulled the raffle for the time vault while they had a fucking billionaire on the cast. If you're going to fucking steal a time vault, get a little bit more money, right? Like the man's a fucking billionaire. Maybe we could have got a little bit of extra money for this fundraiser. Sorry.
0: This is what I have to live with Rodney. (laughs) All the spicy takes. So if people want to get in touch with you, Tom, if they want to uh, subscribe to PewDiePie, how should they do that?
2: It's You can tweet at me at TSmileyMTG and you can find the cast at DeadFormatCast. And if people want to get in touch with you to let you know how much we need to stay away from talking about MTG Finance, where can they get in touch with you?
0: If you want to... Ask for a finance cast, it's at Ian eighteen one twenty five. And you can also find me, I'm super responsive on our Discord, him to two rock. That's me. Uh Rodney, anything
1: else? Play more weird decks, get more, get a get a spicier five o list next week.